Welcome everyone, it's the Main Stand Season 2, Episode 22, it's like our perfect episode, uh, 222, um, just me and Pat today as you can see, Mitch is away with family, so just a duo episode today, Those these always turn out pretty good, so excited oh, yeah. to chat everybody, with my buddy Pat. Everybody wish Mitch's mom a happy birthday in the comments. Yeah, load up the comments. Uh, me and Pat have spent a lot of time together recently. We hit up the zoo for about four hours this weekend. Yeah, uh, it was it was hell. That was four hours of hell. Yeah, basically got put in a torture chamber for four hours. So no, nobody had fun. Nobody had fun. Shout out the Portland Zoo one time. I know we we always shout them out where their stuff. You know what a great establishment to to suffer. If you're gonna suffer, suffer at yeah, the Portland you, Zoo. You, yeah, you might as well suffer. You know, with with good people around you, good beer several televisions and it's warm yeah you get a splash of orange juice it's also i think an underrated dining establishment too you have instant ramen maybe oatmeal mm. coming soon too so keep an eye out give us to thank if they bring in the oatmeal <laughs> this is true this is true we'll, we'll get off uh get things started with the first game that we watched on saturday the manchester derby um Pat. <laughs> dude all right so I, I, hmm, I'm going to try to be as non-vulgar as humanly possible, but that was one of the worst fucking referee performances I've ever seen in my life. Let him have how, it. How you can call Marcus Rashford on sides for that goal is beyond me. It's beyond me. He is so clearly involved in that play. If you take Marcus Rashford out of the picture... Akanji gets to that ball, and Ederson can confidently come out and contest that. But because Marcus Rashford is in the picture, it, 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 it changes the entire dynamic of the play. I don't care that he didn't touch the ball. He was squaring up to shoot it. It rolled directly in front of his feet. That's 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 offsides. That is offsides. That is an awful refereeing decision, and it was because they were at Old Trafford, and the referee succumbed to the pressure of the crowd and didn't give the goal as offsides. That's fucking unbelievable that that wasn't given. City, I think City were robbed of at least a point, of at least a point. And, you know, City have had some decisions go their way in the past, over the past couple of seasons. You know, we can get into the hand of Rod is is the big one that, that happened last <laughs> season. We get it. I get it. This, this may be a little bit of karma for some positive decisions that have gone City's way in the past couple of seasons. But to sit there and say that that goal should have stood, you're fucking lying to yourself. You're either a United fan or you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And that that's my two cents. I think their second goal was really well worked. They deserved it. But City were blatantly robbed of at least a point because that changed the entire flow of the game, letting that goal stand. It, it, fucking ridiculous. Uh, it, it, ridiculous. Yeah, we got your reaction on camera. Uh, I was pretty stunned as well. It was one of those ones where you think it's going to, like, an explanation is going to come out after the game that, like, really explains the goal or, like, makes you realize it was. I don't think that was the case here. It's still, like, one I think everyone's a bit confused about. And more importantly, I think it's one where, like, this is the perfect example of why a former player should be in the VAR room directing these fucking knobheads about, you know, what decisions they're making. Because I agree with you. It's insane to think that, um, you know, he wasn't affecting the play at all. So, yeah, un un unbelievable. And, and and Trent was given an offside call in the Brighton game for an exact same thing, but the ball was going out for a throw-in. They didn't give Liverpool a throw-in because Trent was in an offside position, went to play the ball. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. 
What, what do you think Maybe. about City kind of crumbling? I mean, United scored the, the second goal, and then you just kind of felt the, the next one was coming. But um, what do you think of City's performance on the day, you know, outside of the poor. refereeing? Poor. City were poor. I, I don't think they deserved a win out of that. I think a draw was a fair result. I thought City were really poor. I think United played United played well. I think they played pretty well. I think Casemiro was good in the midfield. I was impressed with Marcus Rashford. I, I think Bruno, Erickson, and Casemiro is a really, really solid midfield three. And I think they executed their game plan to perfection. They played on the break. They were really, really clinical moving forward. Incisive passing. They split us apart. They played through the press really well. I'm not trying to take away anything from United's performance. I think the refereeing in that game is what made it an extremely, extremely poor game. I think a 1-1 draw would have been an, a very fair result, all things considered. But, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, yeah, I, I just want to make it clear. I'm not taking away from United in this game. I think United played extremely well, and I do think they, they deserved one of their goals. And, and, you know, maybe you can say they deserved to win on the night, but I think it's super unfair to, for City to lose that game because of something like that. But I do think United's performance was good, and City were very, very poor again. You know, they, they've been in a pretty rough patch. I, I think the defense definitely needed some work. Um, I thought De Bruyne was really bad. I thought De Bruyne had a really, really, really bad game. Um, they isolated Holland and made it extremely difficult for him to get any chances. Um, the only bright spot was uh, Jack Grealish came on and, and really did make an impact outside of the goal. I think he was relatively bright. I thought Mares was all right. Um and yeah, uh, Phil Foden's in a pretty rough patch of form too, but he's 22 years old. I think that's going to happen to to younger players. He's like, you know, five years away from his prime. He was 27 and flitting in and out of games and, and dropping performances like that. I think he'd have more of a problem with it, but I, I think he'll pick him, him, himself up and, and close the season out really well. We, you know, we forget that, you know, City were flying before the World Cup break. Foden had seven goals, three assists before the World yeah. Cup. So it, it's, it's clearly just a rhythm, a rhythm thing, a form thing everything's not completely right in his head maybe i don't know he's you know like i said he's young so that I, I think he'll come good and and i do feel pretty i feel all right about city i do think um despite the fact that i wrote them off for the title i, I do <laughs> still think i do still think Arsenal are going to win the title don't get me wrong but i'm going to give some give the folks some food for thought before we move on from man city i'm going to take you back to 2019 it is a heated title race between man city and liverpool liverpool are leading the premier league but was it five points? Yeah. It was five points with a game in hand. City had a game in hand. 18 games left to play in the season. Critical center back, Vincent Company, comes back from injury in the run-in. City win 18 games in a row, close out the league, and they win the title. Let's fast forward now to 2023. Critical center back and Ruben Diaz finally coming back. In a rough patch of form, just like we were in 2018 or 2018, 2019, mm -hmm. exactly 18 games left to play with after Tottenham. We'll play, we'll play our 20th game. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying we've seen it happen. And a few good runs of good games under the city team's feet, and anything can happen, especially if they take points off Arsenal. So yeah, I, I I think Arsenal are going to do it. I don't think this is the City team of old. I don't know if we have the characters in the locker room to do that again. But all I'm going to say is watch out Arsenal fans and Man United fans that are genuinely in this title race, I think. I think it's fair to say that United are in this race, especially if they can take points off, our, off of uh, United this weekend. But just, just some food for thought. City can do it. They very much can do it. And we, we've seen them do it time and time again. So I'm not... I'm, I'm not completely discounting my fellas. I just don't think it's going to be the year. 
Yeah, that's fair. I, I think that's a pretty fair take, especially after this past weekend. Um, following up the Man United game, or Man, yeah, Man United, Man City game, went right into Liverpool. Um, match I was a little bit afraid of, I think, with Brighton kind of, you know, drawing three all at Anfield. Even without Trossard, this Brighton team's been doing a lot better. Um, you know, Deserby has them playing quite well. And Brighton absolutely dismantled us. I mean, 3-0 away from home. Klopp said it's the worst defeat in his tenure, uh, which is pretty, I think, telling of how bad it was because we've lost 7-2 to Villa under Klopp. Um, <laughs> so the 3-0 loss to Brighton was really bad. I mean, I don't even think there's any bright spots in that game. We really we didn't have a corner kick until like the 85th minute. Two shots on target, I think. Solid didn't do anything. Uh, midfields run ragged right now. Defense is a shambles. I mean, how fucking Danny Welbeck scores that goal on Joe Gomez in that <laughs> the end of the game? I don't know. Um, good news is that Klopp dropped eight of them in the FA Cup game yesterday against Wolves. That's the only positive I take away from this is that we're gonna drop people and young guys are gonna play. I hope it flows right into Chelsea too, because um, I can't take any more of it. I mean, it was literally one of the worst games of football I think I've ever watched. Yeah, uh, I don't want to sit here and, and shit on Liverpool. I think I do that enough um, outside of your games and and just you know to get the banter in. I, I think I do it enough. Yeah. But that was one of the worst performances I've seen from Liverpool under Klopp in in a really really long time. Um, yeah, I, I that there was nothing inspiring about Liverpool. There was a lot of really inspiring and positive things to take away from that Brighton side. Oh, yeah, but for sure, Liverpool they just don't look great. Um, we were talking Josh, about a little bit the price the the press for us is just non-existent, and I think it's a little bit of the way Klopp plays. Um, I mean, he runs teams ragged, and I think mm-hmm. after four or five years. Um, you know, some of these guys only have three or four under their belts, I guess, but uh, a few years under Klopp and you're, you're toast. And I, I think we're kind of seeing the, maybe the after effects of how intense his football really is. And you know why he only lasted seven years at a, you know, a team like Dortmund with that side that he built pretty much from scratch. Um, mm-hmm. I think obviously things have come out after, you know, that Klopp is totally going to stay in charge of Liverpool. Um, as long as they're going to have him, he's committed to the, the project. I think it's going to be more about, where do some of our big players go? Are, is Klopp going to put some of these guys on the line in the summer? Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see, but I, I think it'll be pretty interesting. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, my question to you, Josh, is Europa League or Champions League? What feels more realistic for Liverpool right now? Because I do think they finish in the top six, but what – what do you feel like is more of a realistic aim with the, the way this team has been playing and more importantly, just the, the way Liverpool as a whole feel right now? What Where do you realistically see them finishing come 38 games played? Realistically, I'd say Europa League, but I don't know. You can't write this team off, can you? I mean, a couple of years ago, I hate to always reference this, but it, we were way down bad a couple of years ago. I mean... <laughs> It took an Allison header to save us. Against so, West Brom, yeah. Yeah, I think, like, crazy things can happen. I think with the World Cup, too, I mean, we're only halfway through the season. Right, so, yeah, that is that is definitely something a lot of people maybe are discounting, is the fact that it feels like we should be in, like, match week 25, 26 right now. Exactly. And most teams have only played 
18, 19 games max. Like, th- this is where this part of the season is now where these winning runs are going to really start to matter when teams are finding their feet. So, yeah, it, it feels like the season is basically over because in most years, February, you're like, okay, you're top of the table, you're going to yeah. win it. But it's like, there's still 20 games left to play for a lot of teams, you know, 18 to 20 games. So, no, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I, I think it's possible. I, I don't see it. I think I think top six is a realistic aspiration yeah. for Liverpool this season, given the way you've been playing. But I, I could be proven very wrong. I think injuries, like I think uh, who comes out of the injury room in the next couple weeks, could make a big impact too. Jota's supposedly going to be fit for Real Madrid. That's going to be his first game. Um, Bobby comes back. I mean, uh, Louis Diaz is probably going to be out for the rest of the year. Bobby, yeah, Bobby Firmino, Darwin Nunez. I mean. Get some of those guys back in. Play some of these young kids. I mean, this Ben Doak kid's mm. serious. Harvey Elliott scored a wonder goal last night. Um, uh, just give kids a chance, and I, I think we'll kind of come out on top, hopefully. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I trust Klopp, though. So, mm-hmm. Moving on to what I think was the game of the weekend in terms of, of fixture, table implications, etc. North London Derby. Yeah. A game that... You favored Tottenham in, I favored draw, and Mitchell, not here, ran with Arsenal. And Arsenal won that comprehensively. They played Spurs off the pitch. Yeah, and Spurs fans are, are Conte out. Uh, I think Spurs came into that game super reserved, which I thought was really weird. I thought Conte was going to kind of outclass Arteta in terms of the tactics going into the game. Um, Spurs just look ragged. Arsenal mm-hmm. probably could have won that game by a couple more. I mean, Partey hits a fucking banger off the post yeah which we still don't like him on this podcast but i mean that would have been a crazy goal and then odegaard with a great finish as well Loris, i mean Loris sucks he's Uh, terrible Loris is terrible but odegaard odegaard is my player of the year right now yeah he's surely up there i just think like when you look at that tottenham performance i think the number one number two things are conte and Loris. you got to look at but yeah you do got to tip your cap to arsenal to go and win that um, in Herringy on that side of London uh, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and to make that your own is that's pretty ballsy Hi. hello we're back sorry for the okay. technical yeah. difficulties folks uh, technical, this happens about yeah. once an episode lately I get a thing that says your internet connection is unstable. We got to have the main stand IT look at it. Mm, yeah, I'll I'll put in a, a support ticket to our t- IT guy. We'll get this sorted out in no time flat. Um, I mean, I, I guess the next couple things in the docket were maybe the, the the couple smaller games over the weekend. Smaller in air quotes. They're actually massive games. So you think about relegation implication was uh, Everton losing to Southampton and then Wolves beating West Ham, both at the bottom of the table. Um, Everton are going down. Yeah, I think Everton's going to get relegated. And I had this one highlighted on here, and I kind of wanted to talk to you about it. Because, I mean, did you see any of the videos on Twitter, how fu- how funny it was after watching the Everton fans just melt? Mm, uh, dude, they are in shambles yeah, right now. That club is a mess, man. Shout out Taylor Mannix. Really sorry you're going through this, bud. <laughs> For real. I mean, the, the board of directors couldn't go to the game because of safety you know, precautions after the game, Yuri Mina gets stopped in his car. I mean, fans are questioning him if they go down to the championship. Well, will you stay with us? It's like, man, that's a bad look for you guys. Um, and then the same thing happened. Anthony Gordon, I think gets stopped in his car too. It's 
It's a shambles at Everton. You you have to think some of those guys are going to be able to walk for like a quarter to a third of their actual market value if Everton get relegated. And the same thing with West Ham, who are very real relegation candidates this year. West Ham were looking, we're, we're playing European football last year, and, and now they're in what seventeenth, eighteenth place. They're they're, they're yeah, yeah they're, 18, they're bottom three. Yeah, they're, uh, they're bottom three. Forrest beat Leicester this weekend, too. So Forrest is actually quite a bit out of the relegation zone now, and they were really in it for a while. Mm. It's yeah, looking they, like West Ham is going around. Yeah, you, you have to think, man, how many of those ever West Ham players probably have, like, European football in their contracts somewhere? Bonuses or, like, clauses they can walk or leave or – you know what I mean? They can leave for bigger things. If well, they, yeah, if they, they couldn't afford Europe the con- or- I think they might. I don't know what the stadium situation is with them, but I think they lease the London Stadium. They're going to have to. I- well, no, I don't think they could afford it. right okay we're, we're back technical difficulties number two yeah this it's is, my internet it's not my internet it's my internet not yours my 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 chrome just uh said you're working offline when i have all my notes documents so if you're a passionate mainstand fan and you're 17 minutes into the episode just bear with us just you're just gonna, go through the pauses we'll try to chop through the stuff in post to make it as listenable as possible for you guys um, all right that's that's relegation chat, I guess. Relegation I mean, do you chat. think do you think Wolves are safe? That's I guess the last thing. Do you think Wolves are safe? Yeah, Lopetegui has them playing pretty well. I think actually. Mm, yeah, so, I don't even have much insight on Wolves, but they, I think they have enough uh, talent to to do it. Their problem is goals. Where do the great? Goals that means from? that means City are losing to Tottenham tomorrow or today when you're listening to this. That they're I losing to Wolves at the weekend and they're losing to Tottenham again. Awesome. <laughs> uh yeah, the only other game, uh, the one that happened today, um, so the day before you're listening to this, Palace taking points off United, Michael Elise with a hit. Oh, uh, what yeah. a goal, man. What a goal. And and because I'm going to put my blue hat on for a second, United fans complaining on Twitter about a no-foul call that <laughs> led to Palace going forward, winning the free kick, and scoring the goal. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's justice right there. Oh, drink it in. We only mentioned that we have a, a one of the questions in our Q and A later is about United, so I do have to mention dropping points um, at Selhurst. But I'll let Pat. We'll circle back to you on on Man City versus Tottenham for a quick preview of uh, today's match. So let me double check where this game is, and I will tell you on a one to ten scale where my confidence about said game is. Or Okay, we're at home. Six so. and a half. I think I, I think this is the bounce back game. I know I've been real down on City, and when we play Tottenham, I love to say that they're just going to beat the shit out of us because Tottenham love to beat the shit out of us. But I think a fit Diaz, a fit John Stones, and a Guardiola who has recognized that City have been poor and is willing to make changes – comes to the table with a real plan. This is a team full of winners 
who are hungry. I think this is the bounce back game. I think City beat Tottenham and get three points. City beat Tottenham. That's where's Joppa Tanganga? Is he is he healthy? Because he might just run around the field and just consistently, you know, foul you and just take you off the ball. What was that? That yeah. was the opening day game, I think. Um, last, last year. year. That was yeah, a great that... game to watch. Holy fuck. Yeah, no idea how Tanganga stayed on the pitch for uh, the full <laughs> 90, but, you know, it is what it is. Raheem Sterling's not here anymore. We've got wingers that can actually dribble around Tanganga. They're just not very fast. That's true. That's true. Yeah, but no, I'm, I'm confident. I, I weirdly am confident. I think City can do it. I think it's, I think the bounce back game is tomorrow, today, technically, when you're listening to this. Like, you know, not, not a logistics company. And I, I think City get the job done. I think three points, and we start trying to close the gap on Arsenal. Yeah. I'd love to see it because I I don't know something about these are I, I talked to you about it this weekend I just can't stand Arsenal fans right now um I, I don't know I'm on the I'm on the fence I think every fan base has got uh fans that make me wish that their club liquidated um but yeah you know I, I I think Arsenal kind of deserve it man they've been a banter club for a grip I, I like their manager a lot I think it's because I have so many soft spots for guys on that Arsenal team I think that's what the issue is they got Zinchenko, they got Jesus, they got Arteta. <laughs> just a, you're just Man City B squad. I'm a big or I'm a big Odegaard guy, man. I really like Martinelli. I really like Saka. They got a lot of likable characters in the squad. I, you know, if they win the title, it's not going to be the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Me and uh, shout, shout out Justin, shout out Justin Lapointe, main stand guest, former, you know, former, former. No, he's not a former listener. He still listens. Yeah, current. But he and I are football friends. You know what? If they win, I'm fine with it. Just all the Arsenal fans on Twitter, stop making those memes of the you know Sokka's better than Prime David Beckham or Thierry Henry or whatever the fuck you're doing. I mean, I saw a Wayne Rooney one the other day. Just yeah, I'm, that's 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 ridiculous. No one's it, no one no one in their right mind is taking Inkedia over Wayne Rooney. Like, <laughs> no, it's it's illogical. They're there for bites, and I am not gonna feed into that. You you know what you're doing. Yeah. If you're if you're listening to this, you know what you're doing. Um, the other game to preview Saturday, um, the day after my birthday, um, Liverpool play Chelsea at seven thirty in the morning. Should be a crime that I have to watch this game. Um, basically, when it's still my birthday, just in the form Liverpool are in, usually it's like a treat if like Liverpool play on my birthday. Um, this I think is like corporal punishment. Um, this early in the morning, this is like, I've been seeing the battle of mid memes go around about this game. I mean, Liverpool and Chelsea are obviously, like, in the worst form possible. It is at Anfield. Liverpool have a pretty good Prem record against Chelsea. I think we're 6-7-1 in our last 15 against them. Um, just doesn't feel like a great time to be going up against the Chelsea side with, you know, something to prove. I know that they're not playing good either, but I don't know. I have a nicky feeling about this. We had a hard time beating Chelsea last year, too. I mean, we played them four times and drew every single game in regular time, so I don't know. I think Liverpool are giving you a birthday present this weekend. I hope, man. Chelsea suck. Chelsea suck. I think think you're going to beat them. I I think we need Darwin Nunez to win this game. I I don't love the options we're playing with right now with, like, Ox as false nine, Salah as the striker, um, Gakpo on the left. I think it's a little bit too soon for him to be expected to like really make a difference on offense. Hmm. Uh, I just, I think we need a, like a real striker to be in there and mix things up. And I think Darwin is exactly the guy mm-hmm. who could go in and mess up that Chelsea back line. But without him, I yeah. think it's going to be a tough ask. 
I uh, I am not moved at all by Cody Gakpo in a Liverpool shirt yet, but it's very very early times in his career, so I'm gonna save I'm gonna save you know the Punez treatment for another day. Not not the best time to be joining the Reds. Um, no. I tell you what though, I hope who I hope starts is the Stefan Bayetic kid. He had a great game against Wolves. Uh, he's gonna be a proper midfielder. He's a little bit small um, physique wise, but Chelsea's been starting a young kid too. I think Hall is his last name. Um, so I think he yeah, match up yep. quite well with him in the middle. Hmm. Um, so looking forward um, to that. Yeah, and then, then the last game we have on the docket is uh, top of the table clash. Really, it's uh, Arsenal Man United. Yeah. Um, United won the the reverse fixture at the at Old Trafford, um, but I I think Arsenal are going to beat him at the Emirates. Man, no Casemiro. He's he got a yellow card today against Crystal Palace. That's, that's, his, that's his fifth yellow card, so he won't be able to play that game. Um, nah, man, this Arsenal team has something special. Uh, I think. United caught them when they were still kind of finding their feet in the Arteta system, working out the, the kinks, early season stuff. Uh, you can kind of play that fast, hit on the break kind of play against a team that, that's going to be playing like a, such an intricate system as Arsenal are. Um, and uh, Arsenal aren't City. They're pretty clinical this year. They're, they move the ball a lot better than City do, and they don't rely on an out-and-out guy like Holland to score their goals. They have threats all over the pitch. Um yeah, I, I I really think that Arsenal's midfield is just going to be a little bit too much to for United to cope with, and I, I just think overall Arsenal are a way better team at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a tight one though. I think it's going to be like a, a one nil or a two one to Arsenal, but I think it's going to be a cagey affair. I think it's going to be really good, and um, I think it's going to be one of those games where nothing happens in the first twenty five minutes. There's going to be a lot of feeling each other out system wise, um, and then it, it feels like a game that's going to kind of explode to life in the second half um, unless there's like, you know, an early goal or a mistake or something like that capitalized on, but two very different teams than, uh, than who played at the beginning of the year, you know, an Arsenal team that are flying a United team that are flying and no longer have to play Ronaldo up top. Um, it's going to be a very different game than it was the start of the year, but uh, I, I favor Arsenal in this one, especially at home. The atmosphere at the Emirates lately has been insane. Yeah, I would agree with that. It also feels like a kind of another really big test for Arsenal in the sense of, this game is really a big rivalry game in the 2000s, you know, and it comes back, you know, Arsenal's back going for the title and it's a really critical time in their season and having to go against Man United. It's like a, a test of time rivalry. Um, so I really like that. I, I do think Arsenal will win this game, though. I, I'll side with Arsenal this week. I will be rooting for a draw. Yeah, that's but probably the best. I think I think Arsenal are gonna I think Arsenal are gonna win it. Yeah, you know, just just because I don't think my guys can win the league doesn't mean I'm not rooting for them. Love that. Um, me and Pat have a, a a few quick segments tonight, like mm, little yeah, a couple of couple of fun things, so. little quick hitters. We're we're gonna start yeah. off with some story time. Actually, um, basically, I think we're gonna start incorporating some some more personal stuff just to. So you guys can know us a little bit more, know our football adventures, um, know what we do in our free time, stuff like that. So today we're mm. going to do like a, a crazy football story, um, something either you went to a game, whatever. And I think we're going to have guests do this too. Start bringing some stuff to the table. Um, so I'll, I'll let Pat go first here in our first ever main stand story time. Oh, God. So uh, the story I am bringing to the table is one we've uh, we've kind of spoken about. Uh, on on past episodes of the pod, but we've never really um, gone in depth on the day as a whole and uh, and and what what entailed. So, as you know, uh, me me and Mitchell are big big Revolution fans on this podcast. You know, we try to support local when we can. Foxborough is about a three hour drive from where we are, Foxborough, Massachusetts. For maybe those of you who don't, 
live in Maine. Um, it's uh, Gillette's. Yeah, or America. It's uh, Gillette Stadium where the New England Patriots play the professional football team, uh, American football, in in New England, and um, the local team, the New England Revolution. Um, they they play down there, and uh, I've been to a few Revolution games in the past. You know, I've been in high school to start, and then uh, you know I would go to games here and there during college. I went to the Eastern Conference Final game where uh, they won the ECF in the. Um, the last time they went to the MLS Cup final, and then my heart was broken uh, by the LA Galaxy, who I, I will always hold like a really deep-seated hatred for in the MLS, in the in the very deep depths of my heart. I hate that fucking club. I'm tired of them beating us in the MLS Cup final. Uh, the Revolution are 0-5 in, in the final, and I hate it. But that's not the point. It's not the story. This is the story of me taking, tailgating the home opener for the New England Revolution far too seriously. <laughs> Um, so Mitch, it's an early ass kickoff, it, it, you know, having to get up three hours early. So Mitch picks me up in my, my revolution gear at like seven in the morning. Um, I am drinking by eight o'clock on the way to the game in the passenger seat, in the passenger seat responsibly. And we get to Foxborough, Mitch starts grilling. We meet up with a big group. There are like 10 or 11 of us that all tailgate this game. Um, I have far too much to drink, far too much to drink. Um, I spent $48 on Michelob Ultras in Gillette Stadium. <laughs> I spilt a beer on a girl who was at her like 15th birthday party in the fort in front of me. Um, and I don't remember leaving the stadium. I woke up the next morning in a hotel room because I told Mitchell that I was getting a ride home with the people we went with, uh, I slept in, there were seven people in one hotel room. And apparently I went to the casino after the game at some point. And I have very little recollection of post game to coming too quickly in the hibachi restaurant <laughs> and then waking up the next morning. I was going to say, chi- uh, I thought Chinese food was involved in this in some way. We went, to, we, uh, we got hibachi. And I only know that because I woke up came to kind of in the hibachi restaurant but that was a journey and a half i will never do that again um the hangover was like a top three hangover in terms of like just pain it inflicted upon me i was hungover for like a day and a half yeah sometimes it happens at the football man you just get on it and you never get off it it was an absolute disaster great time though amazing game the revolution lost pretty sure pretty sure they lost yeah, Bo missed a penalty. Well, was that opening day? Because I remember we were, like, simultaneously at a game. It was the home opener. We yeah. were, It was the Revolution home opener and the Minnesota home opener. It was the same weekend. I remember I sent a photo of that, that same weekend tailgating with Heineken's and oatmeal cream pies while you guys were, like, grilling, like, actual food. Yeah, Mitch made some of the best steak tips I've ever eaten in my life, on a side note. Um, and, yeah, shout out Mitch. I wish he was here to fill in the rest of the yeah. the, the blank holes in the story but uh that's the that's the first one i'm bringing was uh the time i definitely didn't black out at the revolution home opener i like that and i think that's a good one to start off with um mine i'll take it over to england i don't well preface this by saying i don't want to sound like the assholes like i studied abroad whatever uh so i have to get ahead of that but i studied abroad uh so i was in england studying abroad (laughs) and uh went to palace leicester so i was really excited for this one 
this was my last game I went to. Um, so I'd already been to Anfield and stuff. And Selhurst was always kind of a place I kind of wanted to go when I was over there. I uh, obviously, as most people maybe who listen to this podcast know, it's kind of hard to get tickets when you're over there because they don't have third-party you know, stuff. So you have to buy hospitality tickets most of the time. So it's you're kind of out of place as a student. You kind of stick out like a sore thumb, especially if you're American. Um, so I go to Palace, which is in kind of a – a tougher part of London, I would say. Not to be disrespectful to Croydon or anything, but it is kind of a tougher part. So I'm there by myself. Um, I get escorted up to hospitality, and it, it's the coolest thing. Like, there's, you know, there's girls, like, welcoming you into the lounge. Like, they sit me at a table. It says, like, Mr. Josh Ricker, which is just the most hilarious <laughs> thing. <laughs> a one-person table that says Mr. Josh Ricker. Um, and you get, like, this nice big, like, buffet whatever i think i that's where i had lamb for the first time um also all booze included so i had like the crystal palace house red wine trying to hold my face together after a while um it was a great game jamie vardy that's uh went right after rebecca got caught uh, tattling on wayne rooney's wife they were chanting jamie vardy your wife is a grass the whole time vardy scored the, the closing goal in that one and did the eagle celebration which is now in fifa um, but my cool part about this game is after the game, standing on the corner, waiting for my Uber ride, none other than Wilfred Zaha races past me around the corner in his white Lamborghini. Um, I still remember the white Lamborghini has a license plate that says like Wilf or Wilfred on it. Um, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen or he was like five feet away from me and it was so loud and I was like, fuck, that's a fucking footballer, man. Wilf mm-hmm. Zaha, the man. One of, like, the best players I can be like, ah, oh, I got to watch him, like, in his prime. And just to have him go by me in, like, a white Lambo was the coolest thing ever. That's crazy. Uh, I I can't top that. I met Jermaine Jones one time. Hey, Jermaine Jones is a, you know, established United States men's soccer figure. Yeah, but uh, he's a dickhead who left the Revs. <laughs> so fuck Jermaine Jones. <laughs> Anyway, that's story time uh, for the week. I think those are two ones, two really good ones to start us off. So we'll we'll come back with some more. Mm. Um, next one, I think we we've ta- been talking about doing this for a week, a couple weeks, and where it was just me and Pat today. It's a little bit of filler here. Um, my muted words on Twitter, but it's fine because it's funny. I am so excited that we get to talk about this. It's one, yeah, it's one we've been talking about for a while, and it's all I think. Sebastian Pettit was the one who leaked this story. Yeah, shout out Seabass. All right, all right. So I don't really know what kind of context there is to this other than we, I was talking to Bass one day about this and we were just talking about the podcast and he was like, I mentioned something about, uh, I said the word top red joking about Josh and he was like, nah, pretty sure Josh has that uh, muted on Twitter. And then I was like, what? He was like, yeah, you've never heard about uh ricker's list of muted words and <laughs> phrases on twitter so josh take it away tell the people if they tweet it you won't see it i have yeah i have an extensive list and some of them i have to read around this list because like i have quite a few and then again mental health guys if you don't want to see it just block it i have like putin on here stuff like anxiety driven keywords that i just try to stay away <laughs> just from don't, that's only football only yeah. football related only football twitter ones terms. i'm gonna read Give us, give us five of the best ones. Uh, Anfield is a library. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's that's number one. Um, I also have COVID title. <laughs> Darwin is a flop. I have FSG out, Klopp out, Klopp's loyalty, um, Pep intensity, obviously referring to his book. Reese James is better. Shit Andy Carroll. Top Reds, top red. Trent can't defend. And that's it. <laughs> that's my extensive list of uh keywords that i have I la- on twitter i laughed so hard i moved too far away from my camera to pick me up hopefully it gets me back in if not, <laughs> i'm gonna be blurry for the rest of the episode, the episode. <laughs> uh yeah th- what do you think of the, the keyword list pat uh that's comedy um when you the minute you let it off i started laughing so hard there were some tears in my eyes when you said the first one anfield is a library <laughs> Some of them, are the, I know the tweet's just going to trigger me, so I just try to stay away from it. I mean, yeah, it's probably smart. Don't mind me just uh, stopping my video and restarting it. It's okay. We got – there we go. Our, Pat's there back. we go. We're back. We're back. And then That's our, comedy. Our, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that social reel to come out. Um, our last segment here, and we'll wrap things up for you guys. Um, our first Q&A, got four questions for you, and we'll talk about each one just you know really quick. 20 30 seconds mm-hmm. first one from friday night counterattack boys shout out them go follow them um, yeah go follow them go listen to their podcast put out really really good content there you know yeah. right in england couple of really big man united fans uh gotta do a collaboration with with you guys sometime uh hopefully you guys uh get this far in the episode and and hear this but uh yeah sure. you know uh first question name five mid midfielders liverpool should buy it's a good one um, I don't know if I can name five off the top of my head. I have Bellingham, um, Mateus Nunes from Liverpool, Moise Casado. Nunes doesn't play for Liverpool, but you're manifesting it. Yeah, I man. Yeah, he plays for Wolves. Uh, probably avoid Declan Rice. You even know, if, I've always even, liked James even, Madison. All right, hear me out on the Rice thing real quick, and then and then you know you can you can finish up your thoughts, but. West Ham get relegated. He's going to be like $40 million. You wouldn't take Declan Rice for like $40 40, 45, 30 in that range because they're going to have to sell him for dirt if they get relegated. You wouldn't take him for that? I uh, see. I think he'll go to Chelsea or something. I don't see him going to Liverpool. Well, I'm saying in a world where Liverpool can sign him, you wouldn't take him on a cut price thing like that if West yeah, Ham are sure. half to sell. Sure. Yeah, if they get relegated, yeah. I guess that's a that's a contingency. Uh, it's looking more and more likely. I'd say James Madison, my uh, one dark horse, John McGinn. I'd like to see John McGinn in a Liverpool shirt. He'd put in a couple good two-footed tackles, I think. Um, Next one from Alex Quirk, Scarborough, Maine. Any chance United can sneak into the top of the table? You know, Alex, before tonight, I probably would have said yes. Coming off that Manchester Derby win... Uh, but you just went back to being shit, so I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I I think they're very much in the title race with with how close things are at the top of the table. I think they're definitely a team on the up and up. I, I you know, yeah, they've played a couple more games. I think than City and Liverpool, or City and uh, well, I'm so used to saying Liverpool, City and Arsenal have. I think they've already played. Uh, they played 19. Yeah. So yeah, they they have a game in hand. You know, I think it's possible, but not probable. I'd give it like a like a thirty percent chance to win the league. 
you know, in my opinion, using the advanced statistical brain that I have, I would say 30% seems Pat's right. brain's algorithm. <laughs> Uh, I'm, just, I, I'm just rain manning the, the numbers in my head real quick I don't know I, I don't really think there's much of a chance honestly I think Man City are probably going to win the league if Arsenal doesn't but I, I, I don't know I'd give it like a 15% yeah I, I, I mean they have the same record as City with one more loss because we've played one more game so if City lose to Tottenham this weekend they're identical with City who have been considered in the title race for quite some time so True. I think there's a, I think there's a shot. Maybe maybe second. I think there's a really good chance they could finish second if City's form doesn't pick up. That's something I definitely could see happening. But I think it's going to take a lot to dethrone Arsenal right now with their with their eight point gap. You know, if they can win this weekend, be a little different story. But as of right now, thirty percent, maybe 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 thirty five. Next question, friend of the program, Matt Tompkins, Fort Fairfield, Maine. Um, will Pat and Rick ever live down a Man Derby win and Liverpool thumping in the same day? Probably he not. said his answer was no, but yeah, he did give an answer, a suggested answer to this question. Will Matt ever live down being in little old city's shadow for the past decade? <laughs> you answer that question for me, Matt. Yes. How about how about that, pal? Have you been since Ferguson left, friend? Answer me that question. I love the rebuttal. That's what we're here for. Last one, Sean Ellsworth. Um, what game week will Arsenal win the league? This is assuming Arsenal win the league, buddy, but. I think if they're going to win the league, it's going to come down to probably the last three or four games. I'd, I'd say the earliest I see them winning it is like match week 35, maybe 34. I was going to say 36. Um, they play City in April, which I think could be, you know, all things considered, the uh, the determining result. Let me get the exact date of that game, and uh, we'll go from there. Give me uh, give me just like the Premier League app open here. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So they play City in uh, give me Josh, give me some fake elevator music while I find this. Hold on. They, okay, they play City on April twenty six. Okay, which is match week thirty four, I believe. No, you think that could wrap it up? Thirty three. They play City match week thirty three. I think that is going to be the earliest they can win the title. It's going to be match week thirty three. That'd be pretty they... perfect, I would think, from here on. But yeah. Yeah, yeah it's if, mid mid thirties if they win. Yep, thirty three. Maybe, maybe if they if if results. Yeah, it's it's gonna be thirty three. Maybe thirty four. They played Chelsea, which mm-hmm. if we have a bad result, I don't know. Yeah, it's the thirty three to thirty five range. I I think thirty. I think thirty three is gonna ultimately be the game that's like Arsenal won the league. Yeah, yeah. so to speak. Maybe they don't technically win it on points, but I think that will be the game that puts them either out of reach or let City close the gap enough or finish closing the gap to jump them in the table. Yep. Thank you for your questions, guys. It was a good first Q&A. Um, good few segments there, Pat. Yeah, appreciate it. A fun little episode, you know, how to make had to make up for the fact that our dear friend Mitchell is uh, off doing more important things like celebrating his mother's birthday, you know? <laughs> It'd make it a little fun for you guys. Keep it fresh once in a while. Um, yeah. Uh, one one last uh, quick update for everybody. I know you've been missing the the Mutch and Gladbach minute. Oh really yeah, been, shit. Uh, been in, enthralled with that story and uh, wondering how I'm feeling. Um, I'm feeling like shit. I don't really want to talk about them anymore. Uh, Jan Summer <laughs> is going to Bayern Munich uh, for like eight million dollars. So it's tough. 
he's a, a good goalkeeper, but that's a, it's always tough when Bayern villages you, man. That's what happens when their best goalkeeper breaks his leg on a skiing trip and is out for the season. Yeah, that's a tough look. Uh, uh, Bundesliga is back this week, though, so I mean... Oh, yeah. My, uh, the my minutes, the minute's going to come. The minute's going to come. Yeah, we'll be back with the Munchen Gladbach Minute next episode. I'll be giving an update there. Uh, my feelings will be, like, double hurt, in, you know, because realistically, what's going to happen is I'm going to be, like, confident about City this weekend, and then they're going to lose, and City are going to lose twice in, like, the span of five days, and I'm just going to be in shambles on the next episode. I'm going to think of any reason I can to not be there. Uh, Yeah, that's true. I'm excited for next year. I'm already thinking who I'm going to pick because it was Mitch's turn. It was your turn. Now it's my turn next year. I want to pick like a team in the Turkish league, something like that. I yeah, want to go crazy. You can't, you can't go to Germany and you can't go to Spain. Or Italy. 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 You can go to Spain if you want. And I then I can finally. Well, if you, if you go to La Liga, I can finally stop holding the you've never watched the league. So how can you have an opinion on it yeah, over your head? True. That's true. Maybe, that's I'll go another... to, maybe I'll go to Liga MX. That's that's another story time segment. It's the first time Josh and I met. Yeah. Oh, we'll maybe come back with that next week. But let us know if you want to hear the, the story of how Ricker and I became friends. I think most of the guests on the podcast, I have a story about how I met them, and it's usually through soccer. So mm. anyway, that's episode 22, guys. Um, you know, follow the Instagram, like the episode, share the episode. You know where to find us. I uh, appreciate you tuning in. Thanks so much. Make sure you uh, rate the podcast five stars, sure. like, comment, subscribe. Uh, give us give us some stuff to go off of in the in the YouTube comments or send some stories into the Instagram. We'll be probably polling for questions again later next week for uh, for episode twenty three. I like that Q and A. We're doing it again. Perfect. Deuces. Peace.